and welcome to Puffcast, the spooky and ultimate Hufflepuff podcast. This is episode 18 on November 11, 2020, and I am Melanie. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ladies. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just oh, no. thinking that I was going to match your spooky voice with another spooky voice, but then... <laughs> what? What is that? Is that tape? <laughs> what are you talking about? I have are you overnight... Sanders? Like, what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> overnight, I have grown a lovely mustachio, and my eyebrows have gotten a little bit bushier, too, and it's Halloween. Hello? I can show myself, finally. <laughs> Just ever so slightly. Oh my God. <laughs> For anyone who's listening at this point, Mel has like cloud eyebrows. They look like little miniature clouds sitting above her eyes. And she has a fluffy white, like really straight mustache that I think she made out of cotton balls. <gasps> you look like the Monopoly man. Oh, you do look like the Monopoly man. <laughs> oh my God. This is great. That is not what I was expecting. No, I was expecting so many other things. I was a bit bored today, so I thought, why not try something new? And uh, with that, I have my lovely unicorn murder shirt. Um, Ooh, nice. Just to keep it Nothing more says happy Halloween like unicorns murdering each other and then a Colonel Sanders <laughs> mustache. Nope. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, Allie, why didn't we dress up like that? I mean, yeah, come on. But- I, I mean, I got my Hufflepuff scarf on. That's, you know, Halloween enough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I dressed up yesterday. I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I dressed up yesterday for work. I wore wore my, my graduation robes as Hogwarts robes around all day, and I just was like, yeah. I got some pretty good guesses, though. It was, it was interesting when I was walking around, because I'd say, like, three people knew, like, I was a Harry Potter character, there were a few people who like directly called me Harry Potter, and I was like low key offended. I was like, <laughs> I am not Harry Potter. Thank you very much. I'm not wearing the correct outfit. And Aww. then I got a judge, I got a graduate, and then one person was like, You're a girl. I was like, Yes, valid. Uh. <laughs> um, we are still in our introduction. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should probably introduce. Everyone's like, Who is that third voice? There's the three people here. Four, if you include the mustache. I'm a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yes, getting back to where we were. uh, I am Juliana. And this week we have a special guest. And it's our friend and patron, Allie. (laughs) That was was Allie for anyone who didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, I was supposed to say the same. (laughs) As you can tell, this is going to be a slightly wacky episode and also a very lengthy episode. Um, (laughs) I was already, before we even started recording, saying this might become a two-parter, but let's see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) We'll play it by ear or we'll play it by mustache. Yeah, play it by mustache. Yeah, play it by mustache. 
Okay. So, we have Ellie on. Hello, Ellie! Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Oh, it's time to have one of our lovely Patreons on, which we are always so happy to see and thankful for. And generally speaking, Ellie is our, one of our good friends that we have a longer history with now already. It's been a while since you yeah. <laughs> hang out it's with us. It's been a hot minute. It's been a, been a, been a hot minute. Yeah, we mm-hmm. can talk about that in a moment, but maybe we can start with you introducing yourself and giving us your details on your Potter ID. Yeah, so I'm Allie, obviously. I am a Hufflepuff, so I'm in the right place, I think. Did I did I land in the right place? Is this yes, yes, yes. I'm giving okay, you cool. applause here. Uh, <laughs> good, good. No, this is the this is the barbershop, didn't you oh, know? Dang it. <laughs> well, I do need a haircut now. <laughs> oh good. Welcome. Uh, oh good. Oh good. <laughs> we have the chair open for you right here. <laughs> and my Patronus originally was a gray squirrel, mm-hmm. but I don't really subscribe to that. I've taken the Patronus test since the original time and i've gotten fox twice so i kind of feel like that might be a little bit better of a... i love that so much because that yeah. is one of my dream patronuses that i would have expected to get but then i got a dolphin i am happy with that now but <laughs> see but i feel like i should have like an aquatic animal because i mm-hmm. love the ocean and i'm like a gray squirrel is not in the ocean and neither is a fox okay i don't i don't know what what happened there I don't know of any foxes in the ocean anyways. <laughs> I really want like a breakdown of the algorithm behind like the Patronus test because I clear like I feel like honestly the Patronus test that is on Pottermore is just as accurate as the Pop-Tart Patronus test that Mel and I did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And, and I mean like honestly I feel like I would give the Pop-Tart Patronus test more credit than the than the Pottermore one. <laughs> I was gonna say the only thing that I'm like okay maybe fox is a better suited thing is because I am a secondary Slytherin and foxes, and foxes are, are cunning. very cunning yeah mm. exactly so I'm like mm. I don't know I could see it it's definitely better than a squirrel <laughs> I am a Hufflepuff and secondary Slytherin and my Patronus is a wolf that you have kind of like my cousin as your Patronus uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like the fox is the one that's like behind the scenes, sneaky. Like I'm gonna get you, but the wolf is like, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> and I feel like that's your personality too. Like you're 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 very much wolf like, and I, yeah. I can be a little more foxy. Like I've got those like yeah. side comments, you know. Watch me. You don't, you don't say too much some of the times, but when you do, they're yeah. like, mm-hmm. ooh, ouch. Sure. You gotta listen to what Ellie has to say. <laughs> oh gosh. And then, so my wand is a unicorn core. The original wand I'm going to go with, which was pear wood and 10 and a half inches and mm-hmm. very flexible. I have a few things to say about this. So pear wood was one of the like hardest woods to change to dark magic. So it's mm-hmm. obviously unicorn core. Oh. So yeah, I'm, I'm a very good Hufflepuff. Duh. With Slytherin tendencies, which makes no sense, but you know... Slytherin can be good people too. <laughs> there are plenty of good Slytherins out there. I mean, we had we had Kim on, and we love her. And we had, um, I think Andre's a secondary Slytherin too. We had a, another special guest who shall be on later in this season of Puffcast, if there are seasons. No. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, there aren't. 
We we love our Slytherins too. Like, oh yeah. And then so going back to the episode um, that you guys had with Andre about the wands, mm-hmm. the yes. very flexible that to me blew my mind that very flexible means that it could go to like different people but I was like that actually makes a lot of sense because in my nature I'm like if someone needs to use my wand go for it like if you know like sharing Mm -hmm. is caring I don't know like that was just the (laughs) thought process that I that came across I was like that makes sense that seems very Hufflepuff you know to be like you know that's actually yeah. a fun way to look at it because I have flexible flexibility, which I always have to laugh at. Um, and I was worried for a moment when we had the conversation with Andre that mine <laughs> would not mind at all to go to someone else and be owned by them. But this way, I feel like that's kind of fun. I mean, <laughs> sure, take it for a moment, but just make sure you give it back also. I mean, it's mine. Right. <laughs> it's not that the wand is like, I'm going to you know go to someone else because you're not cool enough. It's... A, yeah. hey, our relationship is so solid that I don't have to worry about hanging out with somebody else for a little bit, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. I like so, that take. That's, that's my, a good that's, take. That's Allie's hot take. No. <laughs> <laughs> Allie's hot. Oh, yes. That could also be a... I have plenty of hot takes, let me tell you that much. So if we spice it up with some of Allie's hot takes, I don't think listeners would be too, too disappointed. And then... This is the most controversial it question, so Allie. And I here's here's an Allie's hot take. Um, pizza is not my favorite food. Not oh, even close. Thank goodness. <gasps> oh wow! Oh wow! That's a real spicy <laughs> yeah, hot take, is. right? That is like flaming hot, flaming pizza hot. Pizza wizard's cool, but he's just not my best friend. So, <laughs> oh what? No, you don't like the pizza <laughs> wizard. <laughs> Back into your box. <laughs> Back. No! Lost. He's gone. Okay, we can continue. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, what's your second? No, wait. I was about to say second favorite. What's, your, fa- first what's your first favorite, favorite, favorite food? food? Pizza. Or no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> you lied. I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> so many lies. Oh God. What I just happened? Pasta. Lies, lies, lies. Pasta. It starts with a P. Okay, words are hard. <laughs> I like pasta. We let you on our <laughs> podcast, Allie, and then you go and lie to us right in the first oh, whatever number minutes we're in of recording. You know what? That's it's all we right. We ban you. No, we ban you we forever. Don't. Pasta is You're great. You're a Hufflepuff. You can't ban me. <laughs> yeah, that's valid. <laughs> no, pasta. Oh. Pasta is definitely my favorite, hands down. It can be anything from lasagna to fettuccine to oh yes. stuffed shells to literally. There's not a pasta I don't like. Oh, I love pasta too. And then I, I do have a, like a number two favorite food and I feel like it doesn't go well with pasta, but it's like my second favorite food and that's pretzels. Specifically mm. like warm, Ooh. like soft pretzels are just the best. Do not say mm. with mustard or ketchup or anything no. because then I have to come plain. over there. Plain, absolutely plain. Good. Maybe Good. a cheese sauce. <laughs> Maybe if I'm feeling really spicy, but most of the time, just plain and very little salt. Oh, see, I like them with a little bit of mustard and some, and uh, like a, sh- a um, I was going to swear, sorry. No. A crap ton of salt. <laughs> it's really strange to me to see that in America, you put all sorts of weird stuff on your pretzels. No. No. <laughs> I agree. Weird. 
<laughs> I agree. Just plain pretzel. And it's, you know how, like, if you have an upset stomach, people are like, oh, eat some crackers. Just eat a pretzel. You'll be fine. It'll, mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. It's perfect. Maybe we should uh, shortly talk about how we know each other, because Ellie is part of our other project, which is part of Speak Beastie, the Fantastic Beasts podcast. If you still haven't heard about it, go check it out. And yes. um, us three here are part of the group that re-listened to all the old episodes of Speak Beastie, and we are having a YouTube live hangout on their channel and ellie has joined us in april i think no it was it was like january february it was really early oh, on i'm trying to think of earlier okay yeah then it was that early it was before any covid stuff happened i can't remember was it you mel who asked if we wanted to add Ellie, or was it sophie who asked if we wanted no, to that, add ellie t- that was me I keep recruiting and adding people into our group. <laughs> I know at some point we're just gonna have every, we're just gonna have our own version of the Speak PC common room. Yeah, which no. is their little um, Patreon only group. All so the Patreon it's... groups, <laughs> love it. Yes, so. and if you'd like to join our Patreon group, head over to <laughs> Patreon.com and Do you can it. join our tea room. Plugging everything we can <laughs> for as little as two dollars a month. Oh boy! Mm. And I'll send you a sticker and probably a friendship bracelet because and- you know I. And the best part about being a Patreon is that some of your money gets donated to charity. And that, if that is not the most Hufflepuff thing in the world, then <laughs> you're not a Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah. Then you can eat my socks, okay? <laughs> you can eat my shorts. <laughs> eat my shorts, eat my socks. You can Everything. eat my Hufflepuff scarf. No, oh. you need that. <laughs> no. That's, that's yeah, wait, probably... don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give them something else that didn't cost you as much as oh. not as hard to find. That's true. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> okay, this now is... that we've gotten through like the most basic part, we're... <laughs> yeah. I say we're cool, we're friends, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, so if you wanna, if you like this episode and you like hearing more from Ellie, then you should join us every second week at the Speak Beastie <laughs> YouTube channel and watch our live hangouts. We have a chat there. You can communicate with us and we take your questions and comments and it's really fun time. So, And okay. with that, I think we can, for now, jump into our very very full very long feedback section of this episode (laughs) (laughs) because we have gotten quite a lot of mail that i had to cut down as much as possible to not make this a five hour long episode but before (laughs) we start with that i just wanted to mention that juliana was actually a guest host recently on alohomora and yes you should definitely go and check that out. It was episode 307, and I think you had quite a bit of fun there talking about yeah. the ministry, I think. Yeah, we talked about the Department of Mysteries and oh, all yeah. of the intricacies and all the departments that are in the Department of Mysteries. Yeah, That's so if cool. you guys want to give that a listen, it was really fun. Uh, and that was my first time ever being on Alohomora. Mm-hmm. So go and head over to their stream. As I said, it's episode 307, so... Go mm-hmm. and check that out. So yes. our first little bit of feedback is from uh, my best friend, Kim. She said, hey, girls, I have a couple of comments regarding episode 16. Paula mentioned that compliments make her feel awkward. And Juliana said that not knowing how to accept them might be a Hufflepuff sub trait. 
Hufflepuffs tend to be humble. There's a specific thing that Juliana does that always stands out to me. And she says, you didn't have to do that. Yes, Mm -hmm. I do do that a lot. In response to receiving presents. Every single time. And I've told her she deserves the kindness and the gifts in the world, but she can't help Mm -hmm. it. Personally, as a Slytherin, I straight up don't believe people when they compliment me and go to the worst case scenario right off the bat and assume they don't mean it or that they have some ulterior motive behind the compliments. I wonder about the other two houses. How do you think Gryffindors and Ravenclaws receive compliments? Love you guys and the podcast is awesome. I think, well, yes, I do do that a lot, Kim. Yeah, valid. (laughs) Yeah, I can attest to that. Yes, you actually really do. I'm terrible at taking compliments. Yes. (laughs) compliments or presents or anything that <laughs> anyone is doing for you even if it's just the smallest thing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i feel awful I i'm so bad <laughs> so i find her question quite interesting how what do you think how do gryffindors and ravenclaws receive compliments do you think they have an easier time to take them i imagine gryffindors probably do because that's kind of one of their main traits is just wanting validation from other people <laughs> uh. The hero Mm -hmm. is doing his job and then earns all the the praise. I feel like Ravenclaws would have a harder time taking compliments sometimes, though, depending on the disposition of the Ravenclaw. I think... I I know a lot of Ravenclaws for some reason. I am surrounded only by Ravenclaws mostly. Um, And all of them are very different. So... Mm -hmm. I know that some would be like, oh, yeah, it's it's fine. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. Others would actually really thrive from that. Mm-hmm. So it's I think there's a good mix of everything maybe in Ravenclaw. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. I feel like they might overanalyze too. And that could be like for the positive or for the negative, depending on who the compliments from, yeah. what they said in the compliment, what they would look at the whole picture and go, should I accept this or should I not? And it like really depends yeah. on all the factors. I don't know if, if that's just my my perception of a Ravenclaw. My husband's a Ravenclaw and I feel like that's how he does compliments or he'll because he'll he'll accept them from me, but not maybe from like other people, depending on who they are and how they say it. Mm hmm. I feel like Ravenclaws would probably take most compliments as some form of constructive criticism, not in like a negative way. They wouldn't be like, oh, not the way that I take them where I'm like, oh, you don't have to do that. But they would take it as a critique almost on what they're doing and use whatever you said to improve themselves and like you said, analyze it. Yeah. But I thought that was a great question that Kim posed. Yeah. Thank you, Kim. Let us know what you think. So if you have any other ideas, or if you are a Gryffindor or a Ravenclaw, let us know how you handle that. That would be interesting. So from episode 16, we posed the question, should Neville have been a Hufflepuff? And we got so many responses and everyone was so passionate about answering them that I tried to cram in as much as I could. Most people really voted no. That kind of surprised me. He should have not been a Hufflepuff. I, I was surprised by it too. But we got some good points here on to why. We have someone saying, yes, he should. And then we have some who say no and why. But the first one comes from Real Fishy from Instagram. And I thought maybe Ellie would like to read it. Sure. So Real Fishy said, for her, Ron is the embodiment of loyalty 
He stood on a broken leg to shield Harry in Prisoner of Azkaban, which makes him a puff. Also, he would have benefited from being in the Hufflepuff in regards to his social skills. He could have grown to be a better person. Neville needed to be in Gryffindor to develop his bravery and stand up for himself. So that was the one comment that completely stood out from, from everyone else, what they have been sending to us, because I never thought that Ron would fit into Hufflepuff. But it's interesting to see that someone else sees yeah. qualities in him in that way. What do you think? I feel like Ron is just so... Like, he definitely is very loyal to Harry, but I also feel as though he's so blatantly and almost blindly bold a lot mm. of the time, where I don't know if that would really fit into the Hufflepuff house, because he just seems to do things in a much more boom kind mm -hmm. of, like, you know, fashion as Ron does. Yeah, she pointed out also that um, it would have set him apart a bit more from his brothers, uh, mm. since everyone in the family is a Gryffindor. And I don't think he has grown into a terrible person, but she's probably also meaning that he would have been having better social skills if he would have been in Hufflepuff. It would have been easier mm -hmm. for him to read others because he does struggle a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was slightly odd choice. Yeah, that's kind of a, how I feel about it too. I'm just like, I'm not really sure where yeah. to place this in my brain. Mm -hmm. But interesting. I feel like Ron wouldn't be a Hufflepuff because of, if you think about his time in front of the Mirror of er Erised, he wanted praises mm -hmm. and glory. And I feel like that is Good not point. a Hufflepuff uh -huh. thing. Like we are, I mean, we're, we're very hum humble or we try to be yeah. at least. Um, <laughs> this is why we like you, Allie, because that is the extremely valid point. I've never been one to sort Ron in Hufflepuff because of that. No, um, me neither. Because I feel like he very much wants the he wants the glory. He wants people to look at him and and see that he is good. And I think that comes with wanting to stand out with his family. Um, and I think mm -hmm. if he had gone to Hufflepuff, that wouldn't have benefited him at, at mm -hmm. all. Yeah, and that's kind of what we see, even from the start in Sorcerer's Stone slash Philosopher's Stone, he wants recognition, whether it's from his mom, whether mm -hmm. it's from his dad, whether it's from his brothers, whether it's from the professors, he wants to just be seen and recognized and praised, where those are definitely are not outstanding Hufflepuff qualities. A lot of the things that Hufflepuffs embody is doing things and then not having anyone. Yeah give you any praise for them and just doing them because you you personally feel some kind of benefit mm -hmm. internally mm -hmm. doing them yep so i agree Allie. <laughs> that is a very good point thank you thank you <laughs> okay so we also had a response from kim which was in the other half of the email that we read from above and she said i agree that neville should have been a hufflepuff Yes, he learns to be brave and comes out of his shell later in the series. People use this as an argument for him being a Gryffindor. But as you also pointed out in the episode, everyone has some traits from the other houses. We yeah. can point that out. Many people were brave during the Battle of Hogwarts. Not all were sorted into Gryffindor. Hufflepuffs can't be 100% brave. Tonks was brave. Cedric was brave. One act of bravery does not define a whole human being. I believe Neville's defining traits are kindness and loyalty. If the series was written today, Neville would definitely be a Hufflepuff. And I really agree with Kim on this one because we talked about Hufflepuffs maybe not being 
a hundred percent brave or a hundred percent cunning mm-hmm. or witty, but we're like ninety percent or eighty percent. But we're just not meeting the exact threshold that's needed for these more quote unquote competitive houses for these other traits. And she's right, like, Tonks was very brave, and obviously Cedric was brave. I mean, like, good lord, mm-hmm. look, he's the only <laughs> book that we really get him in. <laughs> yeah. He does, like, bananas things. <laughs> I would consider that brave. I don't want to do any of that stuff that he did. Yeah. I feel like it, it comes down to, I, I like Kim's points here, but I feel like it comes down to the mm-hmm. why you do things, not necessarily are you brave, but why are you brave? And I feel like when a Hufflepuff is brave, it's not usually for that rec- recognition. Whereas, like, when a Gryffindor is brave, mm-hmm. it is for the recognition. Kind of going back to the the Ron thing. So, I, I don't know. I feel like Neville kind of has the same concept. Like, I don't think that he's brave just to be brave. Like, I think in s- there's some part of him that wants a little bit of recognition or approval of specifically, like, his grandmother. And wanting to be the best wizard that he could be and i feel like that is a little bit more of his motivation of why and i think that's why it puts him in gryffindor versus hufflepuff but i definitely see the argument of lore like he has a lot of hufflepuff traits so i would say maybe he's a secondary hufflepuff but it's not his why see in my head his why is he is loyal to harry and he's loyal to the cause and he's internally he wants to know that he is worthy enough for these things. He, I feel as though he is the most proud of himself because we see him throughout the series as he gets better. He doesn't really, he gets some recognition from the teachers, but not really. But the moments where he's the happiest, we see him just like kind of showing up and he just does his thing and he's just so happy that he's done it. And he's not like outwardly looking for recognition, I think, from other people. Mm-hmm. But I I feel like he is acting out of, in especially at the end of the series, he's acting out of loyalty for Harry and loyalty for the cause. I don't think he wants people to put him on a stand and parade him around afterwards. I don't feel like that's his main motivation at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some more responses here, and there is one that I, again, I had to cut it a little bit down, I'm sorry. Um, I tried to keep the <laughs> main points in, and this response comes from Andre. And again, if I just want to include Ali, so if she wants to, because <laughs> we have so much to read, if you want to <laughs> read his response, that would be great. So Andre said about the possibility of him being selected for Lufa Lufa. Which which is Hufflepuff Hufflepuff in Portuguese. (laughs) Yes. Love (laughs) it. I believe that the Sorting Hat selects students for homes, not always because of their skills or virtues, but also because of the potential to be developed. Also said, I also believe that the hat takes into account the current events of each Hogwarts era. Mm Mm-hmm. For example, Neville, when facing the Golden Trio in the first book and film, showed a beautiful act of courage when facing his friends. However, far beyond this courage, he demonstrated the values of loyalty to his entire house. He thought of others before himself. That's totally Hufflepuff. I agree. But I think... Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think Neville shouldn't go to Hufflepuff, even though he has all the necessary features and values. I believe that the Sorting Hat saw Neville's potential and put him in Gryffindor so that his courage could be developed through his experience with Harry and the other lions, predicting the importance that this would have in the Second Wizarding War. Courage that was fundamental to defeat Voldemort since Neville's courage 
brought the Gryffindor sword to him, and finally he took Nagini's head. Perhaps in another period of tranquility and without alarming events, Neville could have been sent to Hufflepuff. I totally agree with that. <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's kind of what I, I, I feel. Like, he has some of the Hufflepuff traits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we all see that. I love this point so much that he... You know, we already earlier said in in the other episode that we feel like, yeah, Neville could could fit very nicely into Hufflepuff. But these are good points showing that he really needed to be there to learn to find his courage and stand up. Because he is not just a pushover who is a failure in so many people's eyes. He actually has Mm -hmm. the courage to do great things. And he does. The sword comes to him, he kills off Nagini. We are not thinking about who she was now, because that is a whole different level nowadays. <laughs> but yep. he is actually a great, important character in that moment, helping to destroy Voldemort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So we also got a response from our friend Jeffrey. And Jeffrey said, Neville's destiny has been intertwined with Harry since before they were born. So says Trelawney's prophecy. Harry may have been the one Voldemort chose to kill, but Harry and Neville's connection was right there between the lines of the prophecy before Voldemort heard it secondhand because it could have applied to both of them before Voldemort made his choice. For this reason, I do not think of it as Neville should have been a Gryffindor or a Hufflepuff. I think of it like this. Harry and Neville were meant to end up in the same house together, and the Sorting Hat made it so because Neville not only has the qualities of a Gryffindor buried deep down inside, he also has a destiny that looks very similar to Harry's. Putting them together allows their friendship to mutually benefit both the boys as they live, learn, and face dangers together. Neville learns much of what he knows about bravery and leadership from watching Harry, and Harry learns from Neville on how to let others share the load and face hopelessness with optimism. A whole different kind of bravery. Neville would have made a fine puff, but I think things worked out the way they should have. I like this point. I think this is a good point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. These points then completely convinced me that, yeah, he is definitely supposed to be in Gryffindor. <laughs> so, Andre and Jeff, you have made brilliant points and you definitely converted me to believing that, yes, he definitely should be in Gryffindor and not in Hufflepuff. So, great job. <laughs> Ten points to Hufflepuff for each of you. Yes. <laughs> oh, so many points. Thank you, Professor Alley. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Um, I love the point of view that they were supposed to be both there for each other and learn from each other to get where they are today. Mm-hmm. Do you have any any comments to this still? No, I think I think everyone who wrote in made some very good points. Yeah, and we thank them. Yeah, there's not really much to say anymore. You have said it all, so mm-hmm. that was great. <laughs> thank you. Then I wanted to mention that since we have had so much feedback from episode 16, we will talk in the next episode about episode 17 feedback, which was The Colors of Hufflepuff, where we are talking on the live panel of Robocon, Mm -hmm. just because this is turning into a very long episode anyway. So (laughs) (laughs) don't worry, we will come to that as well. We are just skipping it for today. But one last thing. We introduced a new game in episode 16 which is Hagrid's Hut and 
Paula and Juliana were not able to find out what beast I was describing. So, as we said, we sent this question to you, listeners. Correct answer was a ghoul. So, for everyone who answered correctly, a round of applause. Very good, very good. (laughs) And (laughs) correct answers came from Spencer, the Potterkit, also known as Potterkit Reads on Instagram. Go check him out. He's so cute. We love him. (laughs) Then we got right answers from Akshi. I hope I said that right. Dreamgirl2607. I am also pretty sure we had correct answers from Jeff and Andre. I just couldn't find them anymore, but I'm sure we had them. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then our friend Sarah sent in an additional note with her answer and she gave us a little Swedish lesson here and I am going to try to say it correctly. Ghoul in Swedish means Gengangare? Gengangare. <laughs> it sounds so weird when Gengangare. I say it. Gengangare. Um, just take it as it is. Uh, don't kill me, Sarah. I love you. Um, <laughs> which translates to walk againer. Which is hmm. interesting. Odd. Okay. Uh, some of our friends commented under that post. It sounds like a zombie. <laughs> yes, <it> yeah. does. <laughs> so that was pretty much it, and people were apparently very excited about this game and really liked it. So we got plenty of positive comments, and people demanded more, and that's why we are going to play this game later again. So. We hear oh, you. Yeah. I get to play the game? Yes. Yeah! <laughs> 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 yeah. Excited. <laughs> I love games. For our main discussion today, we are talking about Professor Sprout. And this topic was chosen by Ellie. And that's why we are letting Yay! her lead this whole discussion. Because she <laughs> did a lot of research. There's a lot of pink mm. in our doc. And I love it. So yes. take it away, Ellie. <laughs> Yay, I'm so excited. Okay, <laughs> First of all, before I get into anything, Professor Sprout is awesome. And yes. we're going to go through all the reasons yeah. why. Okay. <laughs> and that that's that. That's all you need to know. Okay, you can stop listening. Just kidding. Don't stop no, listening. No. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> the end. <laughs> okay. So Professor Sprout, or Pomona Sprout, is obviously a Hufflepuff and the head of the house. The name etymology, Pomona is the goddess of fruit trees in Roman mythology. Sprout in English means to germinate, for example, a seed. Also a young plant. Very obvious. Yeah. It's the perfect name for her. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Professor Sprout was played by Miriam Margulis, who once was told in an interview that she was always on people's wish to have for dinner list. So like, who would you want to be to have dinner with? And her response was, how flattering. What's the food? If that is not a Hufflepuff, I don't know what is. (laughs) She was so cute because we just saw her live at Robocon, which is uh, where we just recorded episode 17 of our podcast. So thank you to anyone who joined us for our recording of that. But she did a panel. If you were if you had a pass, you could go watch her live panel. And it was so funny. And she's so great. And she said my name out loud. And I almost (laughs) like, but it was so great. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, I actually made a couple of notes here and um, along when listening to the interview with her and we have some fun facts that will make you think that maybe she's not so much of a Hufflepuff. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I asked actually a, a question and they took it in and I asked what occupation she would have chosen for herself if she would not have become an actress and her answer was either she would have been a real estate agent because she loves houses or a probation officer since she's fascinated by criminals <laughs> and that's where it all started to become a little bit weird <laughs> she kept pointing out that she loves a crime show on netflix and now that i remember that i forgot the name of the show but she kept pointing out we should all watch it was um, it called criminal minds no it was something else it was one of the okay. more obscure ones Okay. It was something about actual inmates and their stories, I think. Yeah, I think but, so. But uh, she made note that she enjoys crime novels very much. She was specifically saying lots of blood and crime. I love it. And that made everyone <laughs> really laugh. Because that was so odd. She's so cute and you just want to hug her. And then she comes with something like that. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> She is also someone who loves researching her family tree, which I love because I love doing that too. And her favorite book is Little Dorrit by Charles Dickens. Have you ever read that before? Nope. Nope. Me neither, but it's on my list now, so I want to see what happens. <laughs> and she actually has a podcast coming out too at some point soon i think it was maybe november do you remember that juliana no, i when can't exactly? remember exactly what she said the um the date was yeah but it's at least so far not out i checked earlier today and it is supposed to be called growing old gracefully where she's going to have guests on and then talk about life which sounded really fun. And she seems like a very cute and very interesting person who has a lot of stories to tell. From some of the interviews I was watching her, she seems real sassy. And I love it. Uh -huh. Yes. So sassy. Very honest and very straightforward. Yes. She, she really is a person I would love to meet and hang out for an afternoon with and have tea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I totally get the, the reference that he made here earlier, mm -hmm. being on the wish list to have dinner with because she is really interesting. So yeah, that was our, our small fun fact section from <laughs> that live panel. And I give it back to you now. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> so Professor Sprout was described in the book as a squat little witch who wore a patched hat over her flyaway hair. There was usually a large amount of earth on her clothes, and her fingernails would have made Aunt Petunia faint. <laughs> so not very <laughs> clean. No. <laughs> I, I, I just imagine, like, someone who always has, like, dirt on their face, who yeah. is, you know, just, like, doesn't care whether or not they've showered in a couple days. They're, they just don't mind getting down and dirty and just, you know... When uh, you keep working with plants every single day, mm -hmm. every free minute that you have, you will not get that dirt out of your fingernails anymore. No. You know, it's just so deep stuck in there, you will not get it out. 
I would have loved to see Petunia scream. <laughs> oh my god. Can we imagine if they had been in the same room together? She would have been like, do not touch anything. Mm-hmm. Don't sit on any furniture. <laughs> but she might have asked her about plants. Because we know that Aunt Petunia always was That's out in true. the garden working on her plants. Mm-hmm. So she might have been like, don't go inside, but let's go out and talk about gardens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... We do not know Professor Sprout's wand. So do we have any guesses, especially since you guys got to talk to Ooh. Andre about wands? Ooh. Any guesses like what her flexibility would be? What kind of core? I think there's plenty of characters that were not so fleshed out, you know? Yeah. And Sprout is not necessarily... Not a, not a character that is in the story too much. So, But about guesses... That is an interesting question because I would assume it is something that is not very ordinary for once, you know, that it would be something very specific mm-hmm. um, that relates more to her. But I have a guess of the wood, but mm-hmm. it's not a traditional wood, so I don't know if it would work in a wand or not. Okay, what is it? I have a headcanon that her wand is made of the Whomping Willow. Oh, like maybe she broke her first wand, her original wand. And then one day she was out there and a branch fell off of the Whomping Willow and she took it to Ollivander and was like, can you try? It means very much to me. Hmm. So it would be made of willow, but uh, specifically enchanted. Yeah. Do you think it would suit her then very well, though? Because the Whomping Willow is quite destructive. (laughs) Its characteristics aren't that very pleasant. And I wonder if an enchanted tree like that would be used as a wand would, if that would reflect in the in the wand itself. According to wand lore, willow is an uncommon wand wood with healing power. Oh. And Garrick Ollivander noted that the ideal owner for a willow wand often has some usually unwarranted insecurity. However, they may try and hide it. And then it mm-hmm. says, while many confident customers insist on trying a willow wand, attracted by their handsome appearance and well-founded reputation for enabling advanced nonverbal magic, my willow wands have consistently selected those of greatest potential rather than those who feel they have little to learn. It has always been a proverb in my family that he who has furthest to travel will go fastest with the willow. I love it. It says absolutely nothing about what her wand is made out of or (laughs) what the characteristics are of it, except for that it says that her wand might easily be mistaken for a grainy stick from a tree branch found in the garden. And that's like literally... I'm just saying! (laughs) Literally, that is it. Vindicated. This is... It's our headcanon now. It's it's gotta be. That's it. It's from the (laughs) Whomping Willow. I mean, it's interesting that they say it's a wand wood with healing power. Because, I mean, if you think about it, she takes care of all of the plants that literally are so important for the healing. (laughs) For the healings. (laughs) For the healings. What is that called? (laughs) And not potions. That's not the word I'm looking for. The infirmary, maybe? Oh, yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. The hospital wing? What, what's Yeah, the hospital wing. That's that literally the word I was looking for. <laughs> oh, and, it's, and I think it it fits nicely to a Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. We are very much associated with care and, you know, healing. And yeah. 
No, I love that. That's that's great. Yeah. Okay. All right. New head cannon for everyone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which brings us to our next point, our our next big topic, which is obviously herbology, because you yeah. can't talk about Sprout without talking about herbology. Naturally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, get it Nat- naturally. I just got that. <laughs> You're welcome. And then you guys can't see it, but my background right now is actually uh, the Hufflepuff greenhouse. The Hufflepuff greenhouse. Yeah, we own it. We own it. Yes, yes we okay. own it. It's, it's ours. ours. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the greenhouse. <laughs> so I'm in the right place for this. The textbook that is required for herbology is called 1000 Magical Herbs and Fungi by Felita Spore. Gotta love a good name, like Sprout and Spore, you know, staying on trend. Yep. <laughs> and I feel like I'm slightly sad that we got Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, but we didn't get 1,000 Magical Herbs and Fungi. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I want that book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. And then obviously this textbook is most likely used in potion class as well. Um, it's kind of like your ingredient book <laughs> for all the potions. And it's mentioned, um, I believe in Chamber of Secrets, it was mentioned that it would be used for potions as well. So. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It does. And then the list of tools that you needed to take to herbology were earmuffs, dragon hide gloves, and some dragon dung. Yum. Which is, fun fact, Sprout's favorite fertilizer. Where was that said? In the books? In the books. Oh my <laughs> in god. In Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. Which I'm mm. like, you know what? It it must be really good fertilizer. Yeah. I mean, everyone probably has their favorite fertilizer. I mean, <laughs> I prefer bunny dung. Right. I don't know if you can call it dung. It's more like bunny pellets. Um, bunny pellets. Yeah. I, I feel like dragon dung like means that it's really big and... I don't know. You oh, think of yeah. dragons, they're oh massive. God. So, I like, how does she get it? Oh, wait, magic. One poop lasts you a lifetime, probably. Yes. Yeah, just like one <laughs> one dragon dung that'll last you all semester. <laughs> wait, okay, the real question is, and I feel like another podcast has asked this before, but how did they transport the dragon dung from Diagon Alley to Hogwarts? Like, wouldn't that be Ew. so smelly on the Hogwarts Express? Like, having well, to put that, like, in your, like, your suitcase? They are coming in sacks, right? So they're putting them in, in this big sacks. You don't have them loosely like that. You don't buy soil and stuff from a store just, like, as it is. You have always a package around it, so... But you can still, still smell, smell it. in the sack, though? I was just saying, you can smell dirt even if it's in a bag. Yeah. And then fertilizer has a stronger smell. And on how to get it there, you (laughs) Vingadio Leviosa these packages and they are flying off, you know, they must be really heavy. So that way you don't have to touch it either. You're not going to smell yourself like it. And you have probably a different separate compartment for such things. So it's not smelling through the whole thing. So is there like a section at like a car on the train that is like just for people to leave their dragon poop bags like you walk by you <laughs> maybe walk by, you're like okay okay i put my label or who knows maybe hagrid has a way to get that transported over hmm questions maybe maybe they have a delivery service 
owls. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Dragging these heavy. I was gonna say it would take packages. a lot of owls <laughs> to carry the. Oh. No, they actually use dragons to carry the dragon dung from dragon. Or you could just like to... feed a dragon and then just be like Hogwarts, and the dragon be like, "Go to Hogwarts." He's like, "I have to take a poop." Okay, that's enough for twenty students. Oh, Aim it here, please. And then you see Hagrid with the with the uh, what's the thing shovel? in English? Shovel. Um, not the, not the shovel. The okay. The joke is done. Forget it. The word I have been looking for was wheelbarrow, or Schubkarre in German. There, you learned something. You're welcome. Um, but I have an idea. Why not send Fox? Because they can carry very heavy loads mm. of things. Valid. That's true. So he could go and get it. He's going to carry the whole dragon. <laughs> He's just going to be like, oh, we need a dragon for more poop. <laughs> Maybe that's what uh, Hagrid wanted Norbert for, you know, to have his own private mm. private supply. Exactly. Supply. Well, I mean, Hagrid is growing those giant pumpkins, so you know he needs some kind of fertilizer for that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay, maybe move on. <laughs> okay, so I have an excerpt from um, one of the herbology classes. This is one of my favorite ones. Um, it's from Goblet of Fire. Does do one of you want to read it? Here, he was distracted by Professor Sprout showing the class the ugliest plants Harry had ever seen. Indeed, they looked less like plants than thick black giant slugs protruding vertically out of the soil. Each was squirming slightly and had a number of large shiny swells upon it, which appeared to be full of liquid. Brother Tubers! Professor Sprouter says them briskly. Oh, God, no. squeezing. No. no. You will collect the pass. <laughs> the what? Said Seamus Finnegan. I always say Seamus because that's how I pronounced it when I was a kid. Seamus <laughs> Finnegan sounding revolted. Pass, Finnegan, pass, said the Professor Sprout. It's extremely valuable and we should not waste it. You will collect the pass, I say, in these bottles. Wear your dragon high gloves. It can do funny things to the skin when undiluted blubber tube pass. Selling the blubber tubers was disgusting but oddly satisfying as each swelling was popped a large amount of thick yellowish green liquid burst forth which smelled strongly of petrol. They caught it in the bottles as Professor Sprout had indicated by the end of the lesson and had collected several pints. This will keep Madame Pomfrey happy, said Professor Sprout, stuffing the last bottle with a cork. An excellent remedy for the most stubborn forms of acne, blubber tube pus. Should Boober tuber, <laughs> not blubber. <laughs> you keep saying blubber tuber. <laughs> Boober tuber sounds worse than blubber tube. Bubber, bubber tuber, booper tuber, boober tuber, boober tuber. Okay, boober tuber it is then. Should stop <laughs> students resorting to desperate measures to rid themselves of pimples. Like Yay. poor Mi- Eloise Miggin, said Hannah, Ab- Hannah Abbott, a Hufflepuff, in a hushed voice. She tried to curse hers off. Silly girl, said Professor Sprout, shaking her head. But Madame Pomfrey fixed her nose back in the end. The end. <laughs> Mel, Thank insert you. audiobook here. <laughs> this no, this sprout voice doesn't work. 
<laughs> no. Why? Because it's too close to the Pizza Wizard! Yes! <laughs> but I like your blubber tuber. Blubber tuber. Blubber tuber. So this is your favorite scene, huh? So well, I thought it was it was very telling this scene because first of all, she's like boober tubers and she tells them like very briskly and she's like squeeze the pus, you know? And then Seamus Finnegan's like, oh. uh what? Like really grossed out and she's like, the pus Finnegan, the pus. It's not a yeah. big deal, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> like I feel like that's very much her her aesthetic <laughs> we oh. see her a couple times as the herbology teacher and yeah. each time she's very unafraid to say it like it is to tell you about the plants and she's like yeah don't mess around because these plants you know some of them will kill you like it's it's not something to be you know shy about you got to be you know very on your game in this class so mm-hmm. in a way i feel like she's very similar to mcgonagall in that way like she's very much like, don't mess around in my class. Put your earmuffs on. You know, we're we're doing this. You know, I was just talking with a friend about age. And that if you reach a certain age and the older you get from there on, the less you give a crap about what people say and do. And you just go with what needs to be done. So I feel very much like McGonagall and Sprout are in an age where they have their experience. Just do it. Yeah. Don't make a fuss about it. Just get through it. Get it done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is Sprout's relationships with certain people. So I have a couple people that I like picked out. We could have gone into more depth because she does have some relationships with a few others but i kind of picked out like the main relationships so obviously neville is a big one and i've got a excerpt here from goblet of fire chapter 14 where neville is speaking to harry and he says apparently professor sprout told professor moody i'm really good at herbology so obviously he has a relationship with sprout and they it's kind of unclear but is he getting like side after hours classes with her like mentoring um it kind of seems that way i would imagine so because he takes over her job later you know yeah Yeah. she's retired and he takes over her her place so i could totally see that that he gets he she will most likely recognize his potential let's Mm -hmm. completely ignore the fact that he passed out when the mandrakes hit um (laughs) you know that was his early beginnings but Mm -hmm. (laughs) that he has probably learned a lot from her yeah and she was happily giving over the post yeah i mean this is after three full years of him taking herbology and it definitely Mm -hmm. seems like she notices that he has kind of a knack for it and for the fact that she's telling other professors means she's talking about him. So it almost yeah. seems like she's really excited. Like, oh my gosh, I have the star student. You'll never guess. It's Neville Longbottom. And like, he's like, just what? so good. I know. What? And everyone's like, what? Like, are you sure? <laughs> as I said earlier, that people are thinking of him very much as a failure. Mm-hmm. And having then someone like Professor Sprout, who actually gives him confidence. Yeah. And even tells other teachers about, hey, he's doing a really great job here. That's such a great confidence boost for him. Yeah, definitely. So the other point I have is Neville started to believe in himself because of Sprout, because, Mm -hmm. you know, Sprout would foster this, you know, love of herbology. 
And she planted the seed that Harry then watered in the DA with her confidence. See what I did there? Aha! What a lovely pun. Yes, yes. <laughs> we love a pun. <laughs> Very well done. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still going to take probably another hour. <laughs> and then in... Deathly Hollows, Neville helps her throw mandrakes to the Death Eaters, which I yeah. forgot about this. And when I was reading back, I was like, I freaking love this. So I've got a little quote here. He was roused by Professor Sprout, who was thundering past, followed by Neville and a half dozen others, all of them wearing earmuffs and carrying what appeared to be large potted plants. Mandrakes! Neville bellowed at Harry over his shoulder as he ran. Going to lob them over the walls! They won't like this! I love that. Like, love it. (laughs) I am not quite sure how I feel about this because they are sort of alive and have some kind of a conscience. You know, it's not just a plant. It's more than that. And throwing those around at people and them being maybe stomped down and stuff i uh, i don't know i feel like they have the upper hand though because if they're throwing them over a wall at someone one they're probably going to smack people in the head and two once they hear their <laughs> cries like they're out like they're, they they mm-hmm. they don't even have like an option or a second to think they're just like bong gone and then the mantrakes can just sit there and enjoy the rest of their day and then if they if they survived the throw though, that's what I'm concerned about because you... they seem to be pretty hardy little plants. They look they, they look they look like very very rough and tough plants <laughs> from what we see in the movie. <laughs> they don't look fragile. Yeah, exactly. They don't look like they're gonna break by being oh, tossed. I don't know. Justice for the mandrakes. <laughs> they kind of look like really thick potatoes, almost with a face. Yep. If you throw a potato, it's not going to harm the potato. But a potato does not have a conscience. It's not alive. It's not moving, screaming, biting you. You know, it's not doing any of that. It's not that way alive and animated. But is it alive? <laughs> ah, that's, Does that's it have question. a conscience? That's the question that I would ask, too, because it's a plant, technically speaking. It is a plant. Not- they're going through puberty and stuff, trying to crawl into each other's pods. You know, they have something going on there in their heads. So, I don't know. I mean, normal plants go through puberty. They sprout. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of them need a male and a female to germinate and make a, you know, pepper plant. Yeah, again, they are not crawling into each other's pods, though. No, that's what bees are for. I don't know. I don't think they're conscious. Okay. I, I just have one thing to say, and if anyone listens to other podcasts, they, they'll get this, but, you know, desk pig. No? I don't get it. It's Alohomora. It's, it's, so, okay, now I have to explain it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> In one of Alohomora's really, really old episodes, mm-hmm. they had a discussion on the pig that McGonagall makes from a desk. She transfigures it in like one of the first um, transfiguration classes. It's the whole discussion of is it alive? Would it give nutrients because it was a desk, oh, but it's now okay. a pig. So if you like wanted to make bacon from it, would it be, you know, desk bacon or would it be pig bacon? And does it have a soul? Do, you know, all this thing. So it's kind of like that whole concept. 
Gotcha. Yeah. I somehow feel like this is a very depressing discussion suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not depressing. It's interesting because you got to think about the science and the magic behind it. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I moving agree. on. <laughs> so the next relationship I wanted to talk about was obviously Cedric. You know, she was his head of house. So obviously she's going to root for Cedric in mm-hmm. the Goblet of Fire over Harry, sadly. Or not sadly, Why? depending on how you look at it. I don't him. think that's sad. No. <laughs> I don't either. But I mean, we're supposed to follow Harry and, and be like, well, you, everyone should root for Harry. No. No. I wouldn't. <laughs> he can put that in his cauldron well, okay. and shove it. <laughs> you can put that in your main mandrake and replant it, <laughs> repot it. I think like we need to come up with something a little bit better for you, Allie, to say. I know that that doesn't like. You, you can, can put that. You can just say put that in your pot and plant it. Put that in your pot and plant it. There you go. I like that. I, Very... Theo apparently agrees. Theo's like, I like planting things. <laughs> Theo is Allie's dog for anyone who's listening. Yes, he's very cute. He's adorable. But I'm biased. So, obviously, Sprout's going to root for Cedric over Harry. And she's probably wanting Hufflepuff to finally get their recognition like we all agree they should. So, when there's an excerpt from Goblet of Fire that Harry thought even Professor Sprout seemed distant with him. But then she was head of house of Hufflepuff. Mm -hmm. I, I think Harry senses it that, you know, she's rooting for Cedric. And, you know, we don't see that she's aggressive towards Harry. She's just rooting for Cedric. And I think that that's appropriate. So, Juliana, you had some comments here under that. What is that? Oh, sorry. Third or nothing! Third or nothing! (laughs) Yeah, so I had some thoughts on that, too. This is probably the one of the only things she's, like, ever had to cheer for. Ever. For the (laughs) Hufflepuffs. At least in, like, a really long time. And that the other professors might kind of pity her a little bit because she's just always losing to all the other but houses. Don't, for, don't forget Quidditch, though. I mean, they are not necessarily winning the House Cup, but they are yeah. for sure playing some good games as well Yeah, that she's cheering them on for. But how many do they actually win, though? But then again, <laughs> that is also not what we are all about. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she's sour about that. She knows everyone gives yeah. their very best that they are doing in whatever they are doing. And I don't think that's necessarily the case, but... Um... Well, yeah, I think, too, I, I really doubt she cares if they win. And right. I think she more or less just, in cares that, just cares that her students had a good time. So that all mm-hmm. the people in her house, were, they, they might have lost, but they all come back and they're like, yeah, we had so much fun. And she's like, great, we fulfilled the requirement for today. <laughs> now, back to the plans. Yeah, <laughs> we have some repotting to do. <laughs> And then when Harry is talking with Dumbledore after Cedric's death, he asked who is with Cedric's parents. And Dumbledore replies that they are with Professor Sprout. His voice, which mm-hmm. had been so calm throughout the interrogation of Barty Crouch, shook very slightly for the first time. She was head of Cedric's house and knew him best. I'm like, I, I just can't imagine how upset Sprout would be in this moment. She was so excited for him to be a part of the Triwizard Tournament, cheer on Hufflepuff. He's a part of, you know, representing Hogwarts and then to have to literally tell his parents and like console yeah. them in this moment is just, 
<sighs> yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, you have been... She's for sure so proud of him for being chosen and doing mm-hmm. so well. And then such a promising young man is then, in a matter of seconds, gone. Yeah. And his life is lost. He could have achieved so much. And I can imagine that she's probably telling them all kinds of stories of him in her class. And maybe, you know, it's times where she's visited him in the common room, things like that. And she probably has some stories to tell them. And I think the good thing is she probably has really good stories. Mm -hmm. Is comforting them in a way of like, you know, I did know him. He was great. And these are some things that maybe you didn't know that he did that was really kind, very Hufflepuff of him. I'd like to think that Professor Sprout had a lot of those to tell his parents. I feel like as far as houses go in consoling people who have had a loss, I feel as though people from the Hufflepuff house would do the best in that situation Mm -hmm. just because we are like very and sometimes overly empathetic (laughs) and, and would be able to really make people feel comfortable i mean me personally i would much rather have professor sprout tell me that a family member had died than have professor snape walk in and be like yeah (laughs) your son has passed away and i'm very sorry for that good day Mm -hmm. and and sprout probably you know coordinated with the house elves and was like hey i gotta go tell you know can you make something like some cookies some brownies something like and meet us there right yes yep yeah but on a different note, I kind of tied these two in because it's really, honestly, it's just her relationship with potions teachers that I wanted to talk about um, with Slape, Snape and Slughorn. Slape. Snape. Slape. Slape. I'm Snape. <laughs> Not Slape, I'm Snape. As we talked about earlier, we use the same herbology book in potions class. So there's a lot of crossover in the ingredients. They depend on each other. Like, Sprout is the one who's giving Snape and Slughorn their ingredients. She's growing things for them to use in potions classes. So I 100% think that they have some kind of working relationship. And I think that she was probably a little happier when Slughorn came around because I imagine their (laughs) conversations were a little more pleasant. And we do see in one specific incident, she is wrestling I forget what it was. I, I didn't write it down. But she's wrestling with a plant and Slughorn's like, oh, this will do. This is going to be great. You know, we're going to use this in my newt class. So we see that interaction between them and it's very positive. We don't mm-hmm. ever see her interact with Snape directly. And I kind of wonder what that's like, especially because he's so yeah. meticulous about keeping track of all of his ingredients and knows when an ingredient yeah. is missing. Um, I feel like he's very particular. But to that, I say we are very patient people who know exactly how to handle difficult people. (laughs) So I am pretty sure that it is very exhausting for her to deal with Snape, most likely. But she will have her way of talking with him and it's going to be fine. You know, I know from my own experience, um, when I still used to work in sales, I have had customers that were more difficult. (laughs) And my colleagues did not want to interact with them. So it was always falling on my shoulders to take care of these customers. Mm -hmm. And as difficult as they were for everyone else, for me, it was always easy to find a way to talk with them so that it makes them feel comfortable. 
because you don't know what bothers them in their life or what has happened there that day that they are in that mood mm -hmm. but if you just come with your patience and your kindness that you have you can definitely deal with someone who is usually very difficult and they will be coming forward with an easier attitude towards you than they usually would be with other people. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I think the one thing that we as Hufflepuffs like really present that a lot of other people don't, and this is just something that I've noticed in like my life, is that we listen. Mm -hmm. We take the time to actually hear what people are saying and listen and don't just formulate our responses before the person's even done speaking. And I found that with me personally interacting with other people and looking for some kind of like feedback or someone any kind of relationship i really value people as a hufflepuff who listen to me and i feel as though that's why i turn into the office therapist half the time because i really it really bothers me when other people won't listen to me because i want to give that to other people too so i end up being like oh well, i wish other people would listen to me so let me listen to this person and that person and mm -hmm. that person and that person and that and then i get to the end of the day i'm like what did i do today so baseline is that we are just treating those people the way we would want it to be treated as well and that is yeah. with kindness yes. with kindness and an open ear yeah. exactly <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we interrupt this program for a short, spooky story. No pizzas were actually harmed during this conversation. Enjoy. Okay, where are we? Juliana, are you done? Uh, I just... I'm, uh, he texted... He messaged me something else that was unrelated to the... This, this, this we are recording! <laughs> I know! I'm not saying any Allie is Allie is the one who is cued to go into the But you're right supposed now. to be a good host and be present. <laughs> oh This is okay, our this fine. is our podcast. I'll look I'll look while I'm typing. She, I'm almost done. She she could go around and tell, you know how they really do puffcast? You know, you know what guys? This is this is the real story, okay? You know, the whole time Juliana was on her phone and I had to look at these goddamn eyebrows they made me and mustache <laughs> I, I'm, I'm out I'm never coming back well the mustache is gone right now yeah, so that's not was, even a valid point I know but it it's just like little caterpillars on her eyes I mean you're just you're, Mel is just lucky that the pizza wizard has only shown up twice so far <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm the editor and I can <clears throat> cut this crap out I'm gonna kill that pizza wizard. <gasps> no! Yes. no! 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 Take no, him to the back alley. No! 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 no. Dur -dum, dur -dum, I don't think so. I'm gonna take that dang pizza wizard. I don't think so. I'm gonna take the pizza wizard in my foxhole. Leave my sauce alone. Dig it. <laughs> no! No foxes don't like cheese. They don't. They're lactose intolerant. That's not valid. He says he will eat him. <laughs> How else do you get rid of the pizza wizard? Oh, there are many ways. Oh, I don't think so. I have magic. I have lots of magic, and it's better than yours because I'm gonna feed pizza wizard to the flies. No, no, no that, that would take too long. They would, they would take years to eat me. Their mouths are too small. It doesn't work like he that. He made us <laughs> suffer for so long. Let him suffer. No, for yes. no, longer. no. I don't think so. I'm gonna pick off the pepperoni one by one. Oh no, you won't. No, 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 no. 
Then you'll see my cheese. Oh, you don't want to see my cheese. I want to see the sauce that's underneath all that cheese. No, 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 no. Don't, don't look at my bits of tomatoes. Don't look at that. What is oh happening? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I, I both equally feel bad and happy for future Mel. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna fully forget exactly what happened, Mel. Like you're gonna have a vague memory of what happened, and then you're gonna go back and listen. She's gonna get to this part and go, "Oh God." So. I had just a few more points, a couple of random things that when I was searching about Sprout that I wanted to bring up. So first thing is that she advocated for the students to stay for Dumbledore's funeral and she cleaned up well. Mm -hmm. He said um, he had never seen Professor Sprout, head of the Hufflepuffs, looking so clean. There was not a single <laughs> patch on her hat. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> and then her talking she was talking to the other heads of house and McGonagall specifically because they were trying to organize everything and she said that I feel that if a single pupil wants to come then the school ought to remain open for that pupil this is in Half-Blood Prince so obviously she really cares for her students and she cares that yeah. it's very much that Helga Hufflepuff like mentality of like if one student wants to learn I will take them in yeah. because they were discussing whether or not they should close the school because you know, Dumbledore was killed on, on property and, you know, they didn't know if they should have a funeral or if they should just send people home. And she was like, you know what? Students are going to stay. Then we're going to continue to teach them whether mm -hmm. or not there's a funeral or not. So another one is from Deathly Hollows, chapter 30, where she says, Tentacula, Devil Snare, and Snargle Love Pods. Yes, I'd like to see the Death Eaters fight those. So again, we go back to using plants, but I think it's cool because it's kind of a correlation between Newt and his beasts, and he uses them to kind of fight the bad mm. guy, and Sprout is like, I'm going to use my plants. Mm -hmm. I mean, if a devil's snare catches you, mm -hmm. you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what a Snargolove was anymore, but that sounds very cute and probably super dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, it's probably, like, extremely poisonous. <laughs> yeah. Just like Hufflepuffs. They sound cute, but they can... Badger. Get you. <laughs> Badger girl. Get your girl. Badger girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's our secret calling. Badger girl. Badger girl. Badger girl. Okay, I know. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm on my way. In Order of Phoenix, Sprout awards Harry 20 house points for passing her a watering can. And this was her mm. way of showing her support against Umbridge. So she did not like Umbridge. Oh, no. I feel like that's exactly what I would do if I was in her position. Like, oh, you so gracefully gave me the watering can. <laughs> Here, you have 20 points. Yep. Oh, the way you're spreading the soil over there, 50 points. Very <laughs> Great elegant. Great job. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Also, Sprout was at the table of 12 for the Christmas and Prisoner of Azkaban were Dumbledore, McGonagall, Snape, Flitwick, two nervous first years, a sullen-faced Slytherin, the trio, and of course Trelawney were sitting, where she made that whole, like, we're 13 dying, that's mm -hmm. not a good thing. So she was there, and I would have loved to sat at that table 
with all those teachers, like... And potentially be on the line for death? No, no, no. Not, no, not that part. <laughs> the, like... <laughs> one, it's Christmas, so yay. You know that was probably a really good food. Everyone's, you know, super cheerful, except for Trelawney. She had to bring everybody down. But the conversation that would have happened there, like, being able to talk to, like, Dumbledore and Sprout yeah. and McGonagall in, an, in a situation where it's not you know, just about classes or just about, you know, school stuff. It's like, I mean, it's a holiday meal, so. I would love to just see and hear Dumbledore being his silly self. Oh, yeah. This one's really good. So after interacting with Lockhart in Chamber of Secrets, she looked distinctly disgruntled and not at all her cheerful self because he was telling her how to take care of the Whomping Willow. Her arms were bandaged, indicating maybe Lockhart actually, like, screwed something up and got Sprout injured because of his stupidity. So, um, yeah, she did not like Lockhart. <laughs> Even we have our limits. Right. Mm. So much patience and kindness, but we even <laughs> also have our limits, so... <laughs> and she wasn't swayed by his beauty. True. Ooh. We see right through this. Exactly. Then later on, when Jenny was taken into the chamber... The teachers were all talking about going to the chamber, and Sprout is quick, very quick, to throw Lockhart under the bus. That's why you don't mess with us Hufflepuffs. Because <laughs> she's like, that's right, Gilderoy, chipped in Professor Sprout. Weren't you just saying last night that you've known where the entrance to the Chamber of Secrets is all along? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's calling him out on on his... <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on his... She called him out on his dragon dung. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing back from Controversial. the beginning of the episode. I'm not sure if I have to bleep that out. I mean, that's dung, very... Dung, dung, dung. <laughs> dung, dung, dung. <laughs> okay, so in Chamber of Secrets, there's also an excerpt that shows kind of how Sprout takes care of her plants really well. And it goes, by the next morning... However, the snow that had begun the night, <laughs> begun in the night, had turned into a blizzard so thick that the last herbology lesson of the term was canceled. Professor Sprout wanted to fit socks and scarves on the mandrakes, a tricky operation she would entrust to no one else now that it was so important for the mandrakes to grow quickly and revive Mrs. Norris and Colin Creevy. It's so cute. Yeah. I can imagine her, like, sitting in the Hufflepuff common room by the fire, just, like, knitting. Just knitting. These, like, <laughs> socks and scarves to put on the mandrakes. Like, that is so freaking cute. The last point I have is, along with McGonagall, Sprout was the person that helped Trelawney get taken back into Hogwarts once Umbridge sacked her. She was right there. She was acting. And she knew that she could show compassion and care for Trelawney. She's the perfect example of what a Hufflepuff should be like. Yes. Oh, Theo. Theo agrees. <laughs> Theo definitely agrees. <laughs> now that we are wrapping up, this main discussion. First of all, thank you, Allie. That was very yes, nice. Yes, thank you, You're Allie. Welcome. We really appreciated that. So, our next segment will be a game, and we're actually going to be playing two games today. And the first game is called Are You Puffing Kidding Me? This is the game where each person has one fact, quote unquote, that they tell about themselves to the group. The group must then vote if the person is telling the truth or puffing with them. 
Each guessing person also can ask one question of the person giving the statement. And as we do, Allie, our guests get to go first. I'm Okay, curious. lay it on us. So when I was five years old, I had my appendix removed. My innate reaction is true. Yeah, I'm also... Hmm. What led you to get your appendix removed? Were you like in the hospital all of a sudden in pain? What's the lead up to the appendix getting removed? So they never found out why, because five years old is really young Mm -hmm. for that kind of procedure. Um, They never figured out why. I just one night my mom said that I woke up complaining of really bad stomach pain and she just her intuition was like, we need to take her to the hospital. I eventually got transported to a children's hospital via ambulance, which was very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's my first time in an ambulance, and they gave me like this bear on the ride to like comfort me because I was really young, and I was like, I can't do this. And the worst part was when we got to the hospital, they had to take the bear back. And as a child, I did not want to give the bear back. And I remember them saying like, but the other children will need the bear too. And I was just like, okay, I guess. Hmm. First of all, my first reaction was like, yeah, that could be true. And your story is very detailed, but you keep like looking down at your notes, apparently, and ticking off all the points that you made. So I wonder now. I feel like we might have been caught on a technicality. I feel like you went to the hospitals for something and I feel like that ambulance story is true, but I don't know if it was for your appendix. So that's what I'm questioning right now. Because you said your mom said that you woke up in the middle of the night in pain. But if I was telling a story about this, I would say that I woke up in the middle of the night in pain. Because even as a (laughs) five-year-old, I feel like I could have remembered being in like excruciating pain. Ask me more questions. We only get one each, and Mel has to ask hers. I haven't asked mine. I already asked mine. I think I'll just say that it's not true. I'm going to go against the grain, and I'm going to say it's true, just because that was my first reaction. It is not true. Yes! Damn it! This is the first time I've gotten it wrong. But (laughs) on a technicality, because I was actually four years old, not five. Uh, So even younger. Oh, God. But all everything you said was true. Everything I said was true. I really? literally don't remember the pain before the really? surgery, but I remember the pain after the surgery because they kept wanting to get me to walk. Oh. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. I don't want to walk. And they even brought like one of those. I don't know if you have them in Finland, but they're like little cars that you like can drive and like push with your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby cars. Yeah. A cozy coop. Yeah. So they brought one of those and they're like, why don't you use this to get down to like the playroom? You know, because they wanted me to get up and moving after the surgery. And Uh I was in so much pain and my side hurt so bad that I was like, I don't want to move. After several nurses, several doctors coming in and offering these, they're like, okay, well, we're just going to take this away. And I was like, fine, go for it. I don't care. Get out. I'm in pain. And then they made me walk the entire way, like with my own feet to the play area. And I was so mad. I was so upset. I was crying the whole way. And I remember as soon as I entered the playroom, I felt fine. (laughs) 
Like, I distinctly remember being like, it's fine. There's toys here. And I distinctly remember going over to another kid and they were in one of those car things. And I was like, you know, the doctors said I could ride in one of these, but I didn't. I walked here. Like, I was so (laughs) proud. And I, like, distinctly remember this, like, moment. (laughs) Sassy little Ellie. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) All right. So... My fact of the week is that I am a certified so-called bunny trainer or coach. How do you become a bunny trainer? Well, you take classes and it takes about a year that you finish. And well, because I have had bunnies for 11 years now and Mm -hmm. I just like to help others being educated about them to keep them healthy, to keep them happy. Is there a test that you had to take? And if so, what did the test involve? Uh, Of course, at the end, um, after the classes, you have to take a test. You will be tested on your basic knowledge about, for example, the body of the bunny, what they are made of, how their body works. For example, the digestion is a very different thing from when you compare it to cats and dogs, etc. Then all the basics like food, what do they need, anything you basically can imagine. Every subject will be asked about. So what do we think? I think false. Why? Because I don't think that qualifies as a bunny trainer or coach. I feel like that's just a class you maybe took on general knowledge about bunnies, but maybe not. No, I mean, I don't mean to train the bunnies, but that's why I put it uh, sort of in quotation marks in the doc, because um, I don't know how to exactly translate it, because it's it was when I was in Germany. Mm. I am helping people to understand bunnies, because there is still too much... There are still too many people who are keeping them the wrong way and that's why they are getting sick and unhealthy and die early. There is still so much education that needs to be done about them. And it's not like a high-end official thing, you know, that you have a huge degree on. It is more like a out of my own... I It doesn't add anything to my other work that I'm doing. So it's just a personal thing for me. And uh, if you want to have more information on this, my friends and me have this bunny group. I have maybe mentioned this before and we have had that for many years now. And that's exactly what we do in that group. We are trying to educate other people and that they know everything there is that needs to be. I think it's true. I still think it's false and I can't place why. Because you don't trust me. I guess not. Because it's like, I know you have a history with bunnies. You talk about them a lot. I know you're very educated about bunnies. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I just, I, my gut is saying it's false. And I I can't pinpoint why. So I'm, I'm going to stick with false. And Juliana says it's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I guess then Ellie gets a point. Because it's not true. How did I lose (laughs) twice in this episode? (laughs) <laughs> uh, what the heck yes the See, thing is yeah i was gonna say so what what is why is it false because i'm like i <laughs> literally can't pinpoint it but the thing is that i do know a lot about bunnies and i have read a lot about bunnies and i am having with my friends a bunny group where we have been yeah, educating people so all of that is true but i never took any classes um okay. that you would be a certain i don't know if there's even such a thing yeah. a certified bunny 
train. I don't know. <laughs> I just made it up. <laughs> I can see through you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the funny thing is, you didn't like do anything shifty. No. You like uh, at, on every account. I should have believed it, but just like my instinct was like, no, don't believe it. Don't fall for the trap. <laughs> and I don't know if it was because when I was like, oh, I think it's false because of this, and you're like. Well, I mean, there's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that kind of also sent up a little trigger. I'm like, mm, I don't know. She's trying to justify it a little too much. So At least I fooled Juliana, and that's the main point yep. in this podcast <laughs> episode. I've lost twice. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> Got this guest. Guests are going to win. So. Maybe I'll. <laughs> so, Juliana, what do you have? When I was in high school, I won the Pottery Award without submitting any art for consideration. Kind of like Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire style. Like I made art and I made pottery. I actively did not submit anything for this award. But you still won, even though you did not give your art. So there was not your art to be judged and you still managed to get the prize. They didn't ask me for my art. I made pottery. I just didn't submit it for this contest. But you still won. Yeah. But how? That's not possible. Is that your question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were just so little people in my high school who did the pottery. I don't think that many people actually entered. And I have a feeling that the people who initially entered were like not good at pottery. So they, so they took a non-existing piece of art and gave the prize to you. Yeah. Nonsense. Well, it's not It's not a non-existing piece of art. It's just I did not submit this art. I was in a pottery class. I just did not submit my art to the contest for this. So I had made pottery. Yeah, I get that. But you didn't submit it. So therefore, no. it was not submitted to be judged for that. So yeah. how can it be yeah. winning a prize if it's not part of the judging? Harry got chosen for the Triwizard Tournament. That's... He did not put his name in. No, but someone else did it. Correct. So who put who put it in? That's what so we mean. I now. have no idea. It could have been the art teacher, honestly. No. I don't know. I know that no I what I <laughs> can you tell I'm like shook no okay I have like a couple questions but I'm trying to figure out what the best one is I say no and then it's true what oh this is a two-parter question so tell me if I can ask this <laughs> or not getting sick I want to know what your art piece was and what was the contest for like what type of art was the contest for it was literally called the pottery award I made oh. the bust of a tiger. So I made a tiger head and shoulders. <laughs> I don't believe it. This is too odd. And then it's probably true. Ah, oh, this is driving me crazy mm. now. Maybe that's why you put it there. <laughs> and you're looking like you're going to explode yourself. I think, okay, my thought process is if it happened... The teacher probably submitted it, which shows favoritism. So if it is true, first of all, bad teacher. If it's false, I think she actually did make that pottery thing. But I don't think there was ever an award. If I had another question, I have another question, but I can't. <laughs> nope, I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> so you have to say, what is it true or not? You guys have to pick. <sighs> Alright, let's see. Do I want to generalize Massachusetts teachers? <laughs> That's the real question here. <laughs> Do I want to say all of them suck or? <laughs> uh, I'm still thinking it's false. I really want to get, you know, good points for the guests too. This is mm -hmm. high stakes over here. Yeah. 
so we have to come to to yeah, a do. final decision. So I say no, it's not true. Okay, what about you, Allie? We've all been opposite on every single one, but I'm gonna I'm go I'm true? gonna go out on a limb, and I'm also gonna say false. It's true. Dang it! <laughs> See, I knew it. Yes. I was in a pottery class. I did not submit anything to this contest. My teacher's the one who chose the award. Pre-high school graduation, you have like an award ceremony. I showed up with everyone else. Literally, they called my name. They were like, Juliana, the pottery award. I was like, what? (laughs) And I literally just walked up. I accepted my award. I had no idea that it existed. I had no idea that I had submitted anything. But I, I think the art teacher was the one who was in charge of choosing the award. And my best guess is that she either had like so little people enter it or like literally no one enter it. She just picked the person in the pottery class she had who she liked the best hmm. and for their artwork. And that I did make teacher. a tiger-headed bust. I made a bust Shame. of a tiger. Shame on you, your family, and your ceramics class. <laughs> you could have chose. Shame you could have. You class. could have chosen that student who really wanted the reward, who submitted their artwork, and was like, you know, I know this isn't the best, but maybe I'll get the reward. So unfair. Maybe. Maybe I'll finally win something. You crushed that student's heart that day. You crushed it. Seriously. Shame on you for accepting it, Juliana. (laughs) I literally was like, I didn't know that was a thing. The funniest part was my then best friend in high school. She was in the pottery class with me and she also had not submitted anything. And she took great offense to the fact that she did not get this pottery award and was like salty towards me for like days. And I was like, I didn't submit anything. Like Miss Miss H is the one who who must have done this. Coming we for are you. salty for her now because yeah. we disapprove. We are very disappointed. You're disappointed that you didn't get a you, point. You know what? That too. What <laughs> but but the trait of us Hufflepuffs is to be fair in all yes, competitions. Exactly. No one's fairness. No fairness. I feel horrible for all the other students who actually submitted their work <laughs> and could not get a prize for their. Hard to be work. fair, there were only like five people in the pottery class, so <laughs> there may have been. She probably had at least one submission. By default, if you're the only you one who submitted it, you should have gotten the prize. Because hard know. work gets you the prize. Thank you, Allie. Hard work. I feel like you're more upset that you did not get that point than you are for, <laughs> the, for that one random person that did not get the prize. All yeah. right. So the status is now that Ellie made a point and I made a point and Juliana did for the first time not get even one point. Nope, but at least I had a good defense this time. (laughs) So the ranking is now Juliana and me on first place tied with 13 points and the guests have 12 points. So right behind. Very good. (laughs) That, (laughs) That was that. And then since everyone was so excited about our new game, we are going to play another round of Hagrid's Hut and we ask ourselves, blimey. What's he hiding in there this time? I will read a description for you and you will let me know what you think it could be. The Ministry of Magic classification is 3x, which means a competent wizard should cope. Here we go. The (laughs) is a giant snail that changes color on an hourly basis and deposits behind it a trail so venomous that it shrivels and burns all vegetation over which it passes. 
The <laughs> is native to several African countries, though it has been successfully raised by wizards in Europe, Asia and the Americas. It is kept as a pet by those who enjoy its kaleidoscopic color changes, and its venom is one of the few substances known to kill horclums. What could it be? I'm gonna let Juliana go first. I have no idea. It's some kind of snail, obviously, but I don't know what it's called. You know what it's called, Allie? It's on the tip of my tongue. I literally just did this piece. I feel like it starts with an S. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because I'm thinking the word snail. Like, that could also be it, too. <laughs> well, she says snorkelump at the end, so I know it's not that. I said horklumps. Oh, horklump, not snorkelump. Okay, sn- snallygaster. Is it a snallygaster? That's your guess? That's my guess. And Juliana doesn't know? I have no idea. Okay, it is not. <laughs> she just silently okay. cursed. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm gonna. I. D- <clears throat> I'm so bad at myself. <laughs> so, therefore, dear listeners, if you want to re listen, just skip a minute back and have another listen. And then, without cheating, send us the answer. I'm so upset. <laughs> I think I even have. Yep, here it is. See? That was my post. Ah, it's so cute. So please send us in your answers and we will mention your names in the next episode, Mm -hmm. as we did today. So that was fun. And with that, we are giving over to Buttercup and her question of the week. Dear listeners, we know 2020 has been difficult for all of us. So in preparation for the next podcast episode, we would like to know, despite this crazy year, what you are thankful for and read it on the show. So please contact us via email at puffcastpod at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram at puffcastpod. Well, thank you, Buttercup. We love you, Buttercup. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Miss Buttercup. And and thank you, Allie, for joining us this week. We had fun. I did too. More fun than people will probably actually hear on this episode. (laughs) But that's okay. Yep. <clears throat> and let's see if this is going to be a two-parter, possibly, because we are recording since nearly three hours at this point. <laughs> it's because they couldn't get me to shut up, guys. <laughs> <It's>... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was really fun. We even had a short break. We have to discount that, actually, from the time, because we have had even a short break to eat something yeah. in between. Yeah. So we're, like, just under three hours with the break. <laughs> Yeah, we literally had to eat something because we're like, okay, all right, we've been doing this for so long. We need food. But you know, this really felt like just our regular hangouts that we have every second Sunday together anyway, after we are doing our live hangouts on the Speak Beastie YouTube channel. And we are having there our moments where we are starting to immediately shovel food in our (laughs) our face after we are done. That's so true. (laughs) So true. But for those who would like to find you, maybe you want to give your information. Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm AllieMarie93, and Twitter, AllieMarieSmile. Okie dokie. So if you would like to find us here at PuffCast, you can listen to us on all platforms where podcasts are found. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PuffCastPod. Facebook, we are facebook.com slash PuffCast. You can also send us an email at PuffCastPod at gmail.com. 
Mel is whispering something to me, but this is my <laughs> little reading. pre read thing that I just kind of do, and my brain just knows how to say it. So here we go, back right it's into it's Halloween. I have to be spooky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's someone spooky behind me. That was worse than my that eyebrows. That's terrifying. <laughs> Sorry. Make sure you get a picture with your eyebrows. I already have. I will post it later. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry, okay. I didn't I want to say inter- when this episode comes out. Yeah, too. I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. You can support us on Patreon to get exclusive benefits like bloopers, access to Buttercup's Tea Room, which is our exclusive Facebook group, stickers, and so much more. We are also donating one dollar to charity for each patron we have each month. Huzzah! And we will be deciding on our next charity very soon while we are recording this. And if you would like to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely fantastic. If you leave us a review, we will read it here and I will send you a sticker. And I actually just looked and we have two new reviews. (gasps) Ooh! And would you like me to read them, Mel? Let's keep it for the next episode. Okay. So (laughs) I will be sending stickers out to them. And until next time, stay poppy. And badger on. Or else. Oh, oh. Oh, oh no. (laughs) Spooky, spooky. Goodbye. That was actually really terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) 